Welcome to Through the Grapevine, our weekly podcast from Holy Infant Catholic Church in Durham, North Carolina. This is Michael Ian, and I'm here with Jeff, Amber, and Bali. <laughs> so, what are we drinking today? Today, we are drinking a red. It is called Stella Rosa. It is a Again, a red blend. It is in the middle of the dry to sweet scale, you know, trying to appeal to both my lovely co hosts and their <laughs> wine preferences. On the back, it says it's great to use to celebrate life, <laughs> sort of like what we'll be what doing this weekend. I picked this one because, as you guys will hear shortly, we're going to be talking about the Santo Nino feast this weekend and the bottle has red labeling. If you look up an image of the Santo Nino statue, you'll see he is dressed in red. There's also gold sparkles on there, similar to his outfit, and a nice big gold crown on it. So the statue is also wearing a fancy gold crown. One other great thing about this wine is that it is a low alcohol wine. I know a lot of us probably were partying it up over the holidays, enjoying life. Um, but the typical bottle of wine is above 10%. And this one is only 5% alcohol by, by volume. So if you're looking to stray away from your adult beverages in this new year, but still want a little bit, this is a great alternative. It's also a screw top. So you don't need a travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need to pack anything in. It smells raspberry y. I don't think Jeff will like it. I like raspberry. But just kind of smell a little yeah. sweet. It's bubbling <laughs> up like bubbling. there's lots wow. of sugar in it. <laughs> and I think I got this good. at Harris Teeter, one of our typical go tos for wine here at Holy Infant. If anyone has a contact at Harris Teeter for a sponsorship, yeah, or Total Wine and More. Or Target. Or if you want to fly us somewhere um, <laughs> to a, a real uh, yeah, maybe Napa. or something, Napa, France. <laughs> Even Our schedules are open. To the Biltmore or somewhere like that. Wine <laughs> and pilgrimage yes. to France. <laughs> Sounds good. Perfect. Looking for sponsors. Well, cheers. Cheers. And speaking of cheersing and celebrating, we have a birthday boy here on the podcast. Friday the 13th is Jeff's birthday. So, Jeff, what yeah. is going on in the Rice household to celebrate your big day? Um, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I have the most of the day off, so that's nice. Good. Maybe what I'll kind of some, desserts will you have? I hope, hopefully I will have a carrot cake. That's what I ask for every year. I don't always get it. but uh, <laughs> <It's> the worst. <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> so, if, uh, yeah, I I'll at least buy myself a slice of carrot cake if it comes to that. So we'll see. And then I, Allison's birthday is like the day after. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah. So will she be back in town? She will, yeah. Okay. So we, we're going to try to definitely – we wanted to go to the Angus Barn. Um, and we have a, actually have a gift card that we haven't used for like five years. But mm-hmm. you can't really get in right now. So um, <laughs> unless you want to go at like – at like 4 p.m. or 10 p.m. or something like that for the next month. So we'll find someplace else to go and have uh, a good meal. Jeff, I actually got a carrot cake for my birthday this year, and it was the worst thing ever. (laughs) Now I know (laughs) to give you a carrot cake I get. What happened to it? Please tell me you you ate it. (laughs) My my sweet aunt specially made it in Connecticut. And put it in the freezer and sent it down in my parents' RV. <laughs> and my dad was so proud that he got it down here 
And it just, I'm not a carrot cake person. Yeah. That's sort of a specific thing. You yeah. You like it or you don't, so. I like it at Easter. I feel like that's, do people eat carrot cake at Easter? Makes sense. We have, I think yeah. my dad's birthday is March 30th. So I feel like sometimes we've gotten it for his birthday because that is right around Easter. Yeah. But other than that, I can't think of any time we've gotten a carrot cake. If yeah. anyone has a good carrot cake recipe. Or bakery. It. Yeah. Or you yeah. want to just drop one off for I Jeff's mean, birthday. In, <laughs> yeah, a limited amount. So sometimes when I've done this, I know um, one year uh, on uh, the Easter like live stream, we asked everybody to uh, what, what your favorite candy was. And a bunch of us shared on staff what our favorite candy was. And I, and like then we all got like buckets of it like for the <laughs> next three months. So it was kind of crazy. So speaking of great things going on this weekend, we have a very exciting celebration at the 1130 Liturgy. This Sunday, we will be celebrating the Feast of Santo Nino. Our celebration will begin with a chaplet prayer at 10 a.m., a synagogue procession at 1040, Mass, and then a celebration following Mass in the DeSales Center. And if I know one thing about the Filipino community here at Holy Infant is that they will bring the food and you will leave overstuffed and with a plate to take home as well. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, this is the first time that we're having it uh, as part of like a normal Sunday liturgy. It's usually been later, but we wanted to incorporate it more so that it's something that the whole community celebrates. And um, we're going to... Uh, um, share a little bit about the feast um, so you have a little background because um, not everybody might know um, sort of the origins about it, it actually um, goes back to uh, it ties into the uh, the Christianity beginning in the Philippines which we're celebrating the 500th anniversary of right around now um, and I also get to um, speak with Dee who is one of the coordinators and has been for the last 25 years she will share a uh, Yes, that there will be plenty of food, as you will hear. Um, she definitely will not uh, go away hungry, but um, just about how the, um, the celebration here at Holy Infant has evolved over the years. The original Santo Nino statue was presented by Spanish expedition leader Magellan on April 14, 1521, to Raja Humaban, the leader of Cebu Island, who along with several hundred eventually converted to Christianity. The dark wood statue is about 12 inches tall and depicts Jesus as a child in the dress of a Spanish monarch with a golden crown, fine vestments, and jewels. After the destruction of the town on Cebu Island, by a Spanish expedition in 1565, a Spanish mariner, Juan Camus, found the statue in a pine box. Its survival from the attack considered a miracle. A church was built on the site that Juan Camus found the Santo Nino image, and there now stands a minor basilica church on that location. The celebration of the feast varies in different areas of the Philippines, but typically includes a novena leading up to the feast day, a procession of the image through the community to the church, and a reenactment of that first mass and baptism on the islands in 1521. Then the huge synagogue festival is celebrated the following Sunday with millions of people enjoying parades and street parties with processions, dancing music, vibrant traditional dresses, and colorful flower floats. The celebration originally took place in April, but in the 18th century, Pope Innocent XIII 
moved it to the third Sunday of January so that it wouldn't conflict with the Easter season. In 1981, Pope St. John Paul II visited the island of Cebu, and in his homily for a special mass for families, he said, God's providence in the Philippines has been truly wonderful. The Christianization that took place in the 16th century was not something merely accidental. Divine grace was at work when the people of this region had their first contact with the image of the Santo Nino. At the concluding Mass of Pope Francis's visit to the Philippines in 2015, he said, In these days, throughout my visit, I have listened to you sing the song, We Are All God's Children. That's what the Santo Nino tells us. He reminds us of our deepest identity. All of us are God's children, members of God's family. He ended by saying, May the Santo Nino continue to bless the Philippines, and may he sustain the Christians of this great nation in their vocation to be witnesses and missionaries of the joy of the gospel in Asia and in the whole world. At Holy Infant, may our celebration remind us all that we are children of God, claimed in baptism, and called to reflect the light of Christ in all aspects of our lives. One thing that was interesting to me was to learn how this Santo Nino image had survived all these centuries, and especially during World War II when the Philippines was under attack and at times occupied. Indeed, heavy bombardment had badly damaged the churches in Cebu City, including the Santo Nino uh, and the convent near the harbor, and at one time a bomb even dropped right inside the Santo Nino church near the main altar, where the sacred image was at the center with no protective glass. It shook but did not fall uh, directly on the ground. Instead, it was found tilting and hanging with the cape snagged on the electric candles of the altar. The original icon of the Santo Nino de Cebu fell from its niche and acquired the chipped eye and scratched cheek. That incident left a visible scar on the right upper cheek, which remains one of the signature marks of the Santo Nino de Cebu for devotees who wonder if this is the original 16th century icon that was given as a gift by Magellan in 1521. After that incident, the Augustinian friars took the image from the debris of the church and carried it to the Redemptorist Monastery. This was the first time the Santa Nina icon had left its home base at the church since its enthronement in 1740. The accounts are sketchy, so there's this photo of the return of the statue, which is especially helpful and evidence of the cooperation between the Augustinians and the Redemptorists during the wartime emergency. It shows the end of the seven-month sanctuary on April 20th, 1945, with Thomas McHugh, the Irish rector at the time of the monastery, turning over the image of the Santo Nino with its crown, cape, and pedestal intact to Father Leandro Moran. So earlier this week, I was fortunate to be able to sit down with Dee, who's one of the longtime coordinators of our Santo Nino celebration at Holy Infant, to learn a little more about how our celebration at Holy Infant came to be and what we could expect this weekend. Well, actually, growing up, I heard about this, but it did not actually happen where I live, because I live in the city, and the, and the uh, 
processions and then the event, they're usually held in the provinces. And different provinces uh, hold it differently, but they always have the procession, especially in Cebu, where it actually started. Uh, there were, were, you know, always uh, dancers and singing and, you know, drums, you know, that goes on during the parade. How we started here, uh, Rusty has that image of the Santo Nino, which was given to her. It was, um, you know, um, uh, transferred from house to house uh, after nine days of novena. And I think we've been doing that for about almost 10 years. So we started it uh, with the novena and we did it for five years. On the fifth year, uh, we had the courage to approach again the priest and ask him if we could have a, a mass. But he is not, he was not going to do it. But we will have we we will be inviting a Filipino priest to do it. So it was a Filipino priest who started, you know, doing our mass. Father McHugh, who was the priest at the time. Uh, he was very approachable and very willing, you know, to have a mass. So, so he um, he started it. Uh, the first uh, priest uh, of Holy Infant who did, you know, the mass. Uh, that's how it started. And um, yeah, we still do the house to house uh, the transfer of the image of the Santo Nino up to this time. You know, in our case at Holy Infant, we actually do it like uh, an annual religious tradition. In fact, Raleigh community, they will have also the Santo Nino. In fact, they have invited uh, Bishop Sarama for next week's celebration. Yeah. So, they, you know, there's, uh, their celebration is more leaning towards the cultural tradition, and uh, whereas in our case, we are more focused on the religious aspect of it. Uh, we ask the people to bring their statue of the Holy Infant to be blessed and uh, unwrap gifts for the um, uh, pregnancy support services. I look forward to, um, you know, again, it's it's a, a good well, we honor, you know, we pray and we honor him, you know. But it is a big day to me uh, to really pay homage, you know, to uh, Santo Nino. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, it is a good way to bring, you know, people together, you know, to celebrate, you know, the feast of Santo Nino. Well, I hope you uh, got to learn a little more about um, Santo Nino and how we'll be celebrating it uh, here at Holy Infant. Um, It'll be exciting, and I hope lots of folks um, will join us, uh, not only for Mass, but um, for some of the celebration before and after. It's going to be a great and a beautiful time. We have uh, weekly recommendations. It's one thing that we want to share that we kind of came across. So who wants to go first? Um, I can. So I think it was the day the baptism episode came out last week. 
I saw a very funny video, which we will link in the show notes, um, of a little boy baptizing his stuffed animal. And it was so funny, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is a very um, well-formed child because it had all three of the required things you need for a baptism, intent, the Trinitarian formula, and water. Um, So it is a very cute um, little minute video that I will be sure to leave you in the show notes. One thing that I highly recommend is we have a personal retreat coming up. It's called Lift Up Your Heart. It's a book that you can journey with by yourself or with a prayer partner. And it's just a great way to balance yourself as we enter this new year and conclude the Feast of St. Francis de Sales. So if you are interested in that, visit the website. It's under Adult Formation and the subheading Lift Up Your Heart. That sounds great. That's a great way to kind of begin the year, I think, with that. Um, so uh, mine um, is from, there's um, a blog called Where Peter Is, um, and uh, it's it's a great um, blog, but they have been posting um, a number of articles about um, uh, Pope Benedict, and one that um, I per- personally really liked was, um, it's called Five Quotes from Pope Benedict That Changed My Life. Um, it's definitely worth um, checking out. And um, the one that I really liked was um, he, Pope Benedict um, was asked uh, in an interview, I think, how many ways are there to God? And his answer was, as many as there are people. Um, and I really, uh, you know, struck me um, because it's uh, just a reminder that Pope Benedict um, was really instrumental in a lot of the evangelization um, uh, thought and uh, movement that's going on in the church. Um, And so if you go back and actually read uh, what he said and wrote, um, you get more of a complete picture than um, that's often sort of shared just um, in the, you know, in the zeitgeist and what we think about Pope Benedict and sort of being different from Pope Francis when um, much of what they say is just aligned and in continuity. So, and so it's a good post. We'll post um, all the links to all these uh, things on the video. And uh, do we have a sign up for the, uh, there is. Yes. So we'll post all this and I'll post the um, link to the, uh, to the blog uh, in the show notes for this week. Next week, we will be on break due to Martin Luther King weekend and the subsequent holiday. And y'all, also, we are just trying to catch back up from Christmas and also get ready for Lent. This is like a, what, month-long turnaround to go from preparing for Jesus' birth to preparing for his death. So it's a little bit of a busy time here. So we will be on break next week, but then the following week, We have a very exciting interview um, with Father Jack, who is um, a provincial from the Oblates of St. Francis de Sales, where we will be uh, talking about both the Oblates and celebrating St. Francis de Sales feast day. And a reminder that you can find us not only on the parish website, but wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Please consider subscribing and leaving a rating or review. And we love to hear from you. Please send us a question or comment through the form on our podcast page on the parish website, holyinfantchurch.org, or email us at podcast at holyinfantchurch.org. So until next time, you heard it here. Through the grapevine.
Queen, you are just so on it.